Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we talk about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. And we're here at the end of the season. This is our grand finale cook-along. We did it! The season two finale is here. Gah, I can't believe it. Oh, and uh, I'm Mitzi, Molly's right-hand gal and co-host on the show. Today, we are going to walk through every step of our second season's mystery recipe. I highly encourage you to cook right along with this episode. We designed it so that you can listen and cook in real time. That's right. So that means you're probably in your kitchens right now, standing in front of your stove. Isn't it cool that I know that? It's like I can see you. Like, how do I know that you are wearing a blue shirt today or that you have the most perfect apron on right now? You don't know that, Mitzi. I know. I'm just guessing. Don't worry, I can't actually see you. But how cool would it be if that were true? Is your grown-up there with you? Hi, grown-ups! Thanks for cooking with your young chef today! In case you missed it, in our last bonus episode, we invited our official ingredient guesser, Zoe, back to help us put all the pieces together from season two. She helped us figure out that today's recipe will be the delicious... Spoiler alert! Just in case they missed it. Well, they need to know at this point. Zoe helped us figure out that today's recipe will be the delicious banana oat pancakes from America's Tuskegee Kids. In our most recent bonus episode, we also talked through what equipment and ingredients we'll be working with today. So if you haven't listened, you may need to hit the grocery store before cooking with us. In that episode, we also recommended you print out our banana oat pancake recipe, just so you can have all the instructions and measurements close at hand. Even just having it pulled up on a computer or phone will be helpful. You can find this full recipe at atkkids.com slash banana oat pancakes. Today, we are in our special recipe lab studio where we have a full kitchen to work with. We are going to be teaching this recipe to all of you and to Parker. Don't feel rushed. We have built-in spots to pause the episode and make sure everyone has time to complete each step. You can also pause anytime you want. Even if we don't exactly tell you to, there's no rushing in the kitchen. Everyone cooks at their own pace. But before we get started, let's all do a quick kitchen dance to our theme song! Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh, I'm gonna hit a home run. Mystery recipe. All right, always good to start any recipe off with a kitchen dance. Now, where is our special mystery recipe intern, Parker the Potholder? Coming, boss. On my way, boss's boss. Parker! Listeners, this is Parker's last day as our mystery recipe intern. Oh, they have been learning from us all season long. And I am so excited to. Put your pancakes where my mouth is in this finale. Isn't it put your money where your mouth is? Gross. Plus, all my money is in savings. You all pay your interns surprisingly well. As we should. You are an invaluable member of our team. So, Parker, what is the first thing to do before we start any recipe? A kitchen dance. That's exactly right. But we did that already. So what is the second thing to do before you start any recipe? Wash our hands. Yes. Let's all go ahead and wash our hands right now. That means you at home, too. Hi, listeners. I never really get to talk directly to you. How fun is this? Are you washing your hands? Yeah, me too. Don't forget the soap and to scrub in between your fingers. Mm-hmm. Wash, wash, wash. 
Scrubby, scrubby, scrub. Washy, scrubby, washy, scrubby, washy, scrubby, scrub. This feels like a really long time, but it's got to be a full 30 seconds. Wash, wash, scrub, scrub. Voila! We can stop now. Nice work. Nice work, Parker. And young chefs at home. Now, before we get cooking, let's take a minute to make sure we have all the ingredients we need. Here are the ingredients we'll be working with today. Don't worry about measurements yet. We'll have time to measure everything out in a moment. We just want to make sure you have what you need close at hand. Try to see if you can tap each item as we call it out. All-purpose flour. Baking powder. Salt. Sugar. Old-fashioned rolled oats. Ripe bananas. Milk. Large eggs. Vegetable oil. Vegetable oil spray. And for our equipment, today we recommend having these items ready to use. Dry measuring cups. Measuring spoons. Liquid measuring cup. One large mixing bowl. One medium mixing bowl. Six small or medium mise bowls to prepare and organize your ingredients before you start cooking. Whisk. Large fork or potato masher. 12-inch nonstick skillet. Butter knife. Rimmed baking sheet and cooling rack. Spatula. And serving plates. And we'll be using a stovetop today, but we are going to cook a lot of pancakes at once. So to keep them warm, you can transfer them to a cooling rack on a rimmed baking sheet in a 200 degree oven as you make them. Let's start by putting the baking sheet in your oven and preheating the oven to 200 degrees. So be sure to have an oven mitt handy. You'll need to use it whenever you open and close the oven. I'm itching with excitement. I really can't wait to get started. Well, you don't have to. It's time for us to begin. Ready, Parker? Ready. How about you young chefs at home? Are you ready to get started? Great. Now that we have everything we need, it's time to start this recipe with a mise en place. Parker, do you know what that is? I don't know. Parker! A plus! So proud. Uh, a mise en place is a French phrase that means set up and is all about having all your ingredients measured out and organized before you start cooking. That's right, Mitzi. That way you have everything measured and ready to add. So when you start cooking, you aren't looking for your measuring spoon or trying to mash up a banana while your pan is already hot. Let's mise our ingredients. Amazing! More like amazing. <laughs> All right, Parker, I'll let you do most of the work here. And listeners, if there's ever a task we think the grown-ups might be more equipped to handle, we'll let you know. But your young chef can really do most of the work on this recipe. Cotton fibers call me square. You and me, young chefs, let's do this. Let's start by measuring one and a quarter cups of all-purpose flour. Great! Measuring dry ingredients. I learned this with Andrea. So, I'm going to use my one-cup measuring cup first. I'll dip the cup into our flour here so that my cup runneth over. Oh, we fancy now. And then, using the back of a butter knife here, I will sweep across the top of the cup, knocking any excess flour back into the container so I have exactly one cup. That's perfect, Parker. You can add that to this mise bowl here. Great, and I'll do that again with my quarter cup measuring cup. So I'm going to dip, cup runneth over, and sweep. Boop, perfecto. Nice work, Parker. We have our first ingredient measured and ready to go. Next up is our baking powder. 
so we want two and a half teaspoons of baking powder. Great. Same technique, since this is also a dry ingredient, just on a smaller scale this time. So I've got my teaspoon measuring spoon here. I'll dip into the baking powder and sweep the excess with the back of my butter knife. There, exactly one teaspoon. Perfect. Here's a small mise bowl we can use to hold the baking powder until we are ready. Wonderful. Thank you, boss's boss. Parker, you know you can call me Molly. Right, Molly boss. And then here's a second teaspoon. Dip and sweep. And now I'll use my half teaspoon measuring spoon. And a dip and a sweep. Bingo. Two and a half teaspoons of baking powder measured and ready to go. Lovely. You are doing great. Same to you, young chefs. We'll get to the super fun stuff in a bit. But measuring our ingredients is a very important beginning step. Next up is a quarter teaspoon of salt. Wow, this quarter teaspoon measuring spoon is so tiny and cute. I hope yours at home is as adorable as this little spoon friend I have right here. Here's the tiniest dip and the little bittiest sweep ever. And we have one quarter teaspoon of salt ready to go. Let's add that to its own mise bowl here. Nicely done. Next up, we have three tablespoons of sugar. Row, row, remix! Sorry, it's just fun to think back on this season while we go through all of these ingredients. Okay, dip and sweep and one. Here's a small mise bowl for the sugar, Parker. Thank you, Molly Boss. Dip and sweep and two. Dip and sweep and three tablespoons of sugar. Sweet! And for our final dry ingredient, let's measure one cup of old-fashioned rolled oats and put them in their own mise bowl right here. One cup coming right up. I'm going to say that at my diner a lot for everything. One cup of Joe for Joe coming right up. One slice for Bryce coming right up. One eggy for Peggy coming right up. What about the customers whose names don't rhyme with their order? Well, I'll still serve them, of course. I just won't shout about it. One cup measuring cup with a dip and a sweep. And our final dry ingredients, Mies, is on plus. Nice work, Parker. Let's move on to the wet ingredients. Okay, first up is our one and a half cups milk. Great. Measuring liquid ingredients is a different technique, but Andrea set me up for success on this one. So, we have our liquid measuring cup here, and I'll pour in until it looks about the one and one half mark. There we go, but not done yet. I'm going to bend down and get on the same level as the measuring cup here and check the meniscus line. There, just a bit under when I look at it from the side of the cup. So I'll add a bit more until it's just right. Perfect. You can keep the milk in your liquid measuring cup until we're ready to use it. And now let's get three tablespoons of vegetable oil in this small mise bowl here. Great. This tablespoon measuring spoon is just the right size. So I'll just fill this up right to the top once and into the dish it goes. Twice and into the dish again and thrice. And we have three tablespoons of vegetable oil. Listeners, if I could, I'd give you a big oil high five right now. All right, we have our two large eggs here, but we'll crack those when we're ready to use them. And our two ripe bananas are here, which we'll peel a bit later. And with that, our mise en place is en place. You are ready to start cooking. If you need to make some counter space by putting some of your ingredients away, feel free to pause here and make sure that milk ends up back in the fridge. Everything looks all nice and neat, measured out before we even get started. 
A mise en place is a great way to stay organized during a recipe, which is very important. It is. So, Parker, what do you say we move along and start combining our ingredients? Sounds good to me. Great. Let's start by grabbing our larger mixing bowl. We're going to combine some of our dry ingredients first. So that's the flour, salt, and baking powder. Roger. No. Molly. Roger, Molly boss. Let's add the flour, baking powder, and salt into the large mixing bowl now. Great. Now we're going to whisk these together. We'll play you some whisking music while you whisk at home, young chefs. You ever think about time and space, young chefs? Like how we recorded this a few weeks ago in our kitchen studio, and you're somewhere in the future, somewhere in your home whisking. But we're almost together since we're doing the same thing right now at the same time, but really at different times. Man, I could really go down a rabbit hole with this one, but I think we're probably done whisking by now. All right, those dry ingredients should be pretty evenly mixed. Nice work. Next up, we're going to mash our bananas. Let's grab the medium mixing bowl first. Medium bowl grabbed. And we'll peel our bananas. One thing to note is that this recipe calls for bananas that are very ripe. You can tell if bananas are very ripe when they are speckled and black on their peels. I'll get one and you get the other, Parker. On it, peeling. I like to break them in half so they fit into the bowl better and just toss them on in. And break it and toss it. Now we have two bananas in a medium bowl. What will we use to mash it? A fork. Here you go, Parker. Ah, why thank you. So much support here today. Let's see. Uh, I just kind of go for it here. Absolutely. Just use a fork to mash those bananas to bits. They'll get really smashed up easy, so spend about 30 seconds on it. Totally fine to have some chunky bits, but nothing too huge. Grown-ups, feel free to help. Here's a little mashing music. Well, I went to a concert one time that had a mash pit. That's a mosh pit, Parker. No, it was a mash pit. Just a big pit. A hole in the ground filled with mashed potatoes. Kind of a serve-yourself situation. Uh, that sounds like a, maybe a health code violation. Well, that's 30 seconds. How did the bananas look, Parker? Very mashed. A bit more moist and wet and a darker shade of tan than at first. They look great. They are pretty well mashed, but there are a few lumps left, which will make for yummy banana bites in our pancakes. Next up, we are going to add our cup of rolled oats to the medium mixing bowl with our mashed bananas. Just go ahead and dump it right in there, Parker. Great, and we'll add our one and a half cups of milk to the bowl as well. On it. Awesome. Now let's mix that up with our whisk until everything is nice and combined. Our bananas and oats are all mixed together and all our oats are wet. About enough time for me to tell you, young chefs, that I think it's so incredible that you're in the future. I don't even know what day it is while you're listening to this, but whatever day it is, in whatever season, in whatever city or town, just know that the future is whatever you choose to make it. All right, that should be all nice and mixed up here. Parker, what great advice about the future. I mean it. The future is what we make it, right? That's exactly right. And our immediate future is that it is time for our first segment. Wahoo! We are going to let these oats sit and soften in our milk and banana mixture for about five minutes. That way they will be the perfect texture in our finished pancakes. And so while we wait, Andrea is here with how-to time. Come on in, Andrea. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be back for one more lesson. Andrea, I'm so glad you're here. But I thought our last lesson was our last lesson. Well, it was supposed to be, but then Molly asked me if I could do one more bonus lesson for the finale. There's a pretty important technique you need for this recipe. Can you guess what I'm here to teach you? Hmm, mashing bananas? No, hang on, whisking. No, we already learned that one. Uh, oh, oh. Flipping pancakes? That's right, Parker. You can't make pancakes without knowing how to flip them over. Because they have to cook on both sides. Yep, you got it. Okay, 
I'm ready. I've got my spatula and everything. Parker, since you have so much experience in the kitchen after all our lessons this season, why don't you teach me and our listeners how to flip a pancake? Oh, wow. This is so much pressure. I'm not sure I'm ready to teach. You can do it, Parker. Teaching is just sharing information with people. You don't have to be perfect or have a specific speech planned. Just share with the listeners what you know about flipping pancakes, and that will help them when they try to flip theirs at home. Okay, I'll try. Uh, hi, listeners. First things first, you should use a spatula to flip your pancakes. Uh Uh-huh, good start. Perfect timing. I also think that you should use the spatula to carefully lift the edge of the pancake up to see if it's golden brown and ready to be flipped. Nice work. That's exactly right. How do you know if it's not ready? The pancake will still be light-colored, like the batter. It should be a darker brown when you're ready to flip it. Is there anything else our listeners should know before flipping? Hmm. Oh, don't put your face close to the hot stove or skillet to peek at the underside of the pancake. Lift it high enough to see without getting your face too close. That's great information. What should they do next? Okay, listeners, if your pancake is too light when you check it, just let it cook a little longer and then check again. Once it's golden brown and ready to flip, you should slide the spatula all the way underneath the pancake before flipping it. If you only slide it under partway, it's harder to flip and easier to drop. I like to hold the skillet handle with one hand to keep it steady and flip the pancake with the other hand. You should try to do this in one quick motion. Confidence is key. You can do this. Parker, that was great. You did a great job explaining what to do, what not to do, and explaining what's important to look for. I am so proud of you. You've come so far and you're even ready to teach. Uh, Excuse me, I'm just going to need a minute here. Oh, cotton fibers. I don't know if I'm ready to teach, but I'm happy to be able to help our listeners flip their pancakes. I want everyone to have a successful cook-along. Well, they couldn't do it without you, Parker, and neither could we. Thanks for teaching me today, and for teaching me so much all season. Oh, wow. Me? Teaching you? You're welcome. This is weird. Nah, you're a natural. Maybe next season you should teach how-to time. Ah, no way. I don't know enough for that. But maybe... I could help explain some of the things I do know about, since you taught me so many fundamentals. That sounds like a plan, my friend. Well, I think we're out of time, so I'll see you at your graduation ceremony a little later, Parker. My what? Huh? What? Nothing. Is there a phone ringing? I have to take this. I am so sorry. Thanks, Andrea. All right, we have let the oats soften long enough. Parker, are you ready for the next step? Ready. And how about our at-home listeners? Are you ready? All right, next up, we are going to crack our two eggs into the medium bowl with our oat and banana mixture. Do you remember the proper way to crack an egg, Parker? Do I ever. Golly, Andrea was really preparing me for this cook-along all season long, wasn't she? Yeah, she is one smart cookie. Or in this case, pancake? She is one smart pancake? So, I'm going to hit the egg on my flat counter here and then separate the shells over the bowl so the egg plops right in. Here goes one. Smash and separate. Awesome! And I'll toss this eggshell into the garbaggio. And egg two. Smash, separate, plop. Eggs are added. Perfect. Time to add our vegetable oil next. Great. Super easy since it's all measured out already. Vegetable oil, check. And next we'll add our sugar. Okie dokie. Dumping the measles bowl of sugar right on in there. 
And now we'll give these another good whisk to combine everything. My favorite. Whisking is my favorite because it feels like a nice little moment that we get to have together, listeners. It's funny how podcasts work, huh? I'm just a voice and a speaker for you. You're just the non-specific masses to me. And yet, here we are, combining our ingredients in this quickly filling medium bowl. Now we have one last step to get our batter ready. Batter? Like in baseball? All right, I'm going to hit a home run. Not like in baseball. A batter is like a dough, just more liquid than solid. It's a liquidy mix that will bake into something, like a cake batter, or pancake batter in this case. Gotcha. So I don't need this softball then, because I'm already a bit. Not yet, but I'd be down for a game of catch once we're done here. Count me in. But Molly, what's the last step for this batter? Well... In just a moment, we are going to take the wet ingredients in our medium bowl and add them to the dry ingredients in our large bowl. Huh. Why don't we just combine all the ingredients together in one bowl? If they're just going to end up as one batter anyways. Well, it would be hard to make sure everything gets mixed together evenly. The flour would get all clumpy and the milk wouldn't spread out as evenly. We'd get bits that have lots of baking powder and bits that have none. But combining ingredients gradually and mixing often, we make sure everything is even and spread out nicely by the time we reach this last step. Golly, you have a plan for everything, Molly! Well, they call us a test kitchen for a reason. Everything has been tested to make sure it's the best way we can find to make each and everything. Speaking of, if you want to be a recipe tester, you can. Just head to atkkids.com slash recipe tester to sign up today. Once you have them all in the same bowl, we can use our whisk to mix things up. But you don't want to mix too much. We want to mix until just combined. Do you know what that means, Parker? Nope. Mitzi? Well, sure. It means mixing until there aren't any big clumps or streaks of flour, but not mixing more than you need to. Mixing flour creates gluten, like we learned about in week four of this season. And gluten creates structure in baked goods and, importantly, pancakes. So the more gluten you create, the tougher your pancakes will be. That's right. We want these pancakes to be soft and fluffy, so we don't want to overmix them. Why don't you give it a try, Parker? And listeners, feel free to stop mixing as soon as the flour mixture looks incorporated with the rest of the batter. Looks great! I can't wait to try it! Me either, but we've got to cook it first. Before we get our skillet heated up, though, we have a quick word from our sponsors. Then it's time to get cooking. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups. If you're anything like me, it's easy to let grocery shopping fall to the bottom of your to-do list. Kroger's grocery delivery service has taken the stress out of the process. You don't even need to leave your house. Shop online and get fresh groceries delivered to your house in as little as an hour. And who doesn't love a delivery? My daughter Olive sure does. It's a package. What do you think is in it? I don't know. This is all special for you, Olive. The nice people at Kroger sent us all these snacks just for you. Learn more at Kroger.com. What does that look like? A tree. A tree? It kind of looks like grapes. And what's that? I don't know. Hey, mystery recipe grown-ups. My daughter Olive is particular when it comes to food, and so I always want to make sure she's getting the healthy foods she needs. That's why I was so excited to come across Automat tomato sauce. First off, it's delicious. Plus, it's packed with 10 organic veggies, and there are no added sugars or preservatives. Here's what she had to say about it. What's your name? Olive. What's your favorite food? I love to eat pasta and pizza. What kind of pasta? Mm, the one that I had earlier. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Happy in my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> that one she had earlier? Automat. Automat, which is tomato spelled backwards, is available nationwide at Whole Foods, Sprouts, and lots of other retailers. 
Visit their website to find a store near you or order direct and use code ATKKIDS for 20% off your first order at automotfoods.com. And I like to have princesses and jewels. Princesses and jewels and pasta and pizza? Mm-hmm. Me too. All right, we are back, and we are ready to get things cooking. Are you ready, Parker? Ready. Ready, Mitzi? Ready. Ready, listeners? Yeah! Let's do it. So we are going to start by putting our skillet on a burner. Grown-ups, you may want to do some or all of these steps moving forward, depending on how comfortable your young chef is working with a hot skillet. We want to heat our skillet on medium heat. Okie dokie. We are on medium heat. Great. Now I'm going to spray the skillet with vegetable oil spray. Spraying. A very important step. And now we'll let it heat up for a bit. And while it heats up, I'll talk you through how we'll do the next few steps. Start by grabbing your quarter cup dry measuring cup. We are going to use this to scoop an equal amount of batter for every pancake. Try to fill the scoop with batter, but don't go much over or your pancakes will be too big. We are going to make these pancakes three at a time. Each side of the pancake is going to cook for two to three minutes. So after we put the first three scoops in there, we're going to check and see if the pancakes are ready to flip after two minutes. Got it. We'll check the pancakes after two minutes. How will we know when they're ready? Well, you can lift the edge of your pancake up to see if it's golden browned underneath. Also, on the first side of the pancake, you should start to see bubbles forming on top when it's ready to flip. Great. So we'll flip them when they are golden brown and when there are bubbles forming on top. Right. So once you've flipped your pancake, wait another two to three minutes before checking the underside of the pancake to see if it's golden brown. And when they're done, we can use our oven mitts. Yippee! My friends and family! And very carefully transfer them to our oven to stay warm. We're going to do this first batch together, but then we'll leave things up to you. Everyone's stoves are different, and so your pancakes will cook a little bit differently. Be sure to check each side of each pancake every two minutes. You'll flip them when the bottom is golden brown and move them to the oven when they are finished. As you cook batch after batch, your skillet will get hotter. This means that each batch may cook a little bit more quickly than the last, so keep on checking. Grown-ups, feel free to turn the heat up or down a bit after a few batches if you need to. When one batch is done, use your quarter cup measuring cup to start another batch. I will check in every so often and tell you how Parker's pancakes are coming out over here. Cotton fibers. No pressure, huh? You're going to do great, Parker. All right, let's do this first batch together. Ready? Ready. Ready, listeners? All right, so using the quarter cup dry measuring cup, let's scoop three portions of batter, one at a time, and plop them out evenly within the skillet. All right, here we go. It's very goopy. Great, here's one. Two, make sure there's space in between them so they are not touching. Nice, everyone needs a little personal space, even pancakes. And three. Start the clock. Don't worry. I started it when the first pancake hit the pan. Try to remember what order you add them to the skillet as well. You can flip them in the same order. Great. So, now what? Now we wait for two to three minutes. Oh, right. Okay. We'll cut to segments for the next few batches, but it will be helpful to do one batch where we're all just very focused on the pancakes. Right. Focused. Focused on the pancakes. Focused as they cook. Remember that space and time thing, listeners? Time is really moving slowly for me here while we are so focused. It's only been, what, 41 seconds? I don't know about you, but I think things really start to pick up when I get a little distracted. I know that kind of goes against the whole point of this first batch and all, but between you and me, I get bored sort of easily, 
And I'm hoping by going on this slightly rambling tangent here, the two minutes we're supposed to be waiting will kind of get eaten up. Just like these pancakes are going to get eaten up as soon as the finale is over. Are you hungry? I hope you are, because we're going to make kind of a lot of pancakes. Like, probably around 15 pancakes, which is a lot more than one person should be eating. I bet your grown-ups will want some. But will you share or won't you? The very question that looms over this whole event. They are being very helpful in completing this recipe, so the right thing to do is obviously share. And they probably bought all these ingredients and maybe pay the gas or electric bills that let the stove work, which maybe they own, but... But then, what is ownership? You never asked to be their child, right? Do you owe them pancakes just because they might be responsible for taking care of you until you can get your driver's license and, and, and shred rubber off into the sunset? Uh, Parker? I mean, I was just talking hypotheticals, of course. It's not really sharing if you're both working to make them. I was just musing on the ideals of ownership and agency and the grown-up child dynamic, you know? All right, that's two minutes. So let's take our spatula and carefully lift the edges of one of our pancakes here. You don't want to put your face near the hot stove or skillet, so lift it high enough to be able to see if it's golden brown yet. This one looks brown, but not really golden. It's pretty light. We'll give ours some more time before we flip it. But every stove is different, and every batch of pancakes will be different too. So we'll keep checking every so often. And don't wait for me to flip it. When it looks ready to go, feel free to flip them onto the uncooked side. How's it looking, Parker? I don't know. These ones seem pretty good to go. Those look great. Go ahead and flip. Flipping. If your pancakes aren't ready to flip yet, feel free to press pause here and press play again when you flip them. So while this second side is cooking, we may be a little out of sync in terms of cooking times. Keep your focus on the pancakes and check them every 30 seconds or so once you hit the two-minute mark. And trust yourself when they look done. Don't wait for us. Go ahead and put on your oven mitt and add them to the baking rack in your oven when both sides are nice and golden brown. Mmm. These smell so good, Parker! Mmm, mmm. I know. They really do. Have you thought about what you want to put on top? Well, on mine, I am definitely going to add butter. And I think I may do maple syrup and keep things classic. All the flavor will be baked right in with these. Oh, that sounds great. I like mine with maple syrup and sometimes even some plain yogurt on top. Delicious. I brought some blueberries. Oh, good thinking, Mitzi. I think they'll be just great on top, but I would love some of that maple syrup as well, Parker. Absolutely. I'd be more than happy to share it with you both. You're doing great so far in this cook-along, Parker. Thanks, boss. I bet our young chefs at home are doing just as great, too. You really set me up to hit a home run with this batter all season. I'm glad I've been able to put to use all the skills and techniques I've been learning. Absolutely. Speaking of, what's next for you, Parker? Do you know what you'll be doing after this internship ends? Well, Andrea is helping me apply for some jobs as a line cook in some diners around town. Wow, that's amazing! It is. I'll open my own diner someday. I'm sure of it. But the first step is to go and work in one and really learn the ins and outs of how diners work day to day. Well, sounds like another big step in the direction of your dreams. Ugh, I couldn't be more proud, Parker. Thanks, boss. Couldn't have done it without you. I'm sure you will be amazing there. All right, let's check these pancakes. How do they look? Amazing. They look just perfect. Great. Let's get these into the oven. If your first batch of pancakes aren't done yet, feel free to press pause here and press play again when they're finished. Care to help us, Mitzi? Gladly. As an oven mitt myself, I learned our special technique to safely navigate the stove back at Miss Copperpot's Academy for Useful Utensils. But listeners at home, be sure to use your oven mitts before putting your pancakes into the oven. Fantastic. Well, our first batch is done. 
So for the second batch, remember to start checking when to flip them at about the two minute mark. From here on out, you are cooking at your own pace, young chefs. We are going to give you some reminders about what to look for, but we won't know when each batch is done. So keep an eye on the clock and feel free to start your next three pancakes when you put the last batch in the oven to stay warm. And while you cook, we've got some segments for you to enjoy. Sound like a plan, Parker? Sounds good to me. Mitzi, sounds good to me. Listeners? All right, let's add our next three scoops of batter to the skillet. And while these cook, it's time for our next segment. Actually, what is our next segment? Ladies and gentlemen, can I direct your attention to the stage? The stage? The stage? The stage! Since when did we have a stage in here? Oh, uh, I built it last night for Parker's graduation ceremony. For my what? Uh, for... For your what? Uh, I don't know. But first, since we have a stage, you will all be graced with a special performance of my One of Admit show entitled The Dessert Island. I didn't know you had a solo show up your sleeve, Mitzi. I have no sleeves, Molly. But yes, ahem, lights. Mitzi, this is all very impressive, but this is a podcast. No one will see the light cues. I know. That's why I'm saying them out loud. <clears throat> I don't remember much. The pilot clicked on the fastened seatbelt sign. All I remember after that is darkness. And then the sound of waves. The grains of sand beneath my mitt. They were in my mouth. I coughed up seawater. And slowly opened my eyes. Lights up. It took some time for my eyes to adjust, but they did. They always do. Uh, light cue three, go! The lights are getting dimmer here, uh, if you want to imagine that. I blinked. I could finally see where I had landed, and where I had landed was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. I was on an island, stranded, alone. Nothing but ocean for as far as the eye could see. But there was something strange about this island. I looked down at my little pink feet in the sand. At least, I thought it was sand. I realized, though, that I could still taste it in my mouth. It tasted sweet. I took a handful of it and bravely took a bite. (gasps) Yes, just as I had suspected. It was Graham Cracker Crumble. Gasp! What's that? It's like a sweet, buttery cookie crust you can use for pies and stuff. Oh, yum. Oh, yum indeed. I looked around the island. Everything here was, oh yum. There were giant licorice trees with big shaved chocolate palm fronds. Little gummy bears chased each other from treetop to treetop. I see a hot fudge waterfall behind them that flows over candy rocks with pancake lily pads and empties into a pool of hot, bubbling chocolate. Here I am, trapped on Desert Island. At first, I'm in paradise, munching happily all day, frolicking with gummy bears and swimming in the hot fudge pools. But I quickly realize that all there is here is dessert. My body starts to crave something savory. I need meat. I need a cheeseburger. (gasps) Cheese, bread, anything that's not sugar. How quickly this island changes for me. Gasp! Mitzi, I really, like, feel afraid for you right now. Oh, don't worry, Parker. It's all acting. But also, thank you. I I am really feeling it, you know? I get really invested in the character. So anyway, it's days of sweet, and the sugar starts to go straight to my head. I'm giddy. (laughs) 
I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I laugh until I cry, and I cry until I start laughing again. In a fit of sugar-crazed joy, I dip my hand in a pool of jam and grab onto a marshmallow I've been using as a pillow. The red handprint I left behind almost seems to smile at me, so I draw a little face onto it. Mellow then becomes my only friend on Desert Island. This is starting to sound a little bit like the movie Castaway. Which premiered three years after my run at Cotton Fringe, so do the math on that one, Tom Hanks. Not to interrupt, Mitzi, but it looks like my second batch of pancakes is about done. Don't worry if you're ahead or behind of us listeners. We're all moving at our own pace here. <clears throat> Sorry, Mitzi. Back to your show. Okay. One day, I woke up and knew I had to find my own escape. No one was coming to save me. I tear down the licorice trees and use shoelace candies to fashion myself a boat. After having spent hours on Desert Island. Only hours? I take my destiny into my own hands and push off back into the merciless ocean. And on the raft I sat. That night, after Mello and I were up talking for hours and hours, we get into a heated argument. In a fit of rage, I hurl Mello into the ocean and regret it immediately. He bobs slowly away from me and I scream into the night, Mello! Only to hear my distant echo as a lonely response. Once again, I was alone with the ocean. I cry and cry for what might have been days or minutes. Until, just when I'm in my deepest pit of despair, I hear it. (gasps) My rescue! I look up and see Mello at the edge of a great ship. He had come back for me after all. Mello! They pull me aboard. All thanks to that marshmallow and jam. Blackout! And lights up! Well, that's my segment. Desert Island. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to prep the stage for Parker's graduation ceremony. For my what? For what? (laughs) Molly, time for more pancakes, right? Absolutely. All right. How's it looking, Parker? Things are going pretty well over here so far. And while we wait, it's time for another segment. We have Champ and Adelina back with The Scoop. Today, they are talking to this recipe's silent hero. Champ, Adelina, can you hear me? Loud and clear, Molly. We're here with a bottle of vegetable oil spray. So excited to be here. Well, let's start at the beginning. Can you tell our listeners more about yourself? Yes, so I'm a vegetable oil spray, but you can call me Slick. I'm a tall, thin bottle with a spray nozzle on top, and I'm used to spray nonstick oil on skillets and such. Interesting. So, you're just vegetable oil in a spray can? Well, it's more complicated than that, my friend. I am mostly vegetable oil, but I also contain an anti-foaming agent. Anti-foaming what? An anti-foaming agent. I'm an aerosol can, you see? Which means I spray. I use gas to propel the oil out in fine droplets to better coat whatever I'm being sprayed on. The anti-foaming agent keeps my oil from, well, foaming. A foamy oil would not spray nicely. It would just kind of plop into a puddle in the pan. And so, why vegetable oil as opposed to some other kind of oil? Well, the slick oil is perfect for preventing sticks. Plus, vegetable oil doesn't really have much of a taste, after all. So, it won't really change the taste of whatever we're making. How does it feel to have such an important role, but to not get noticed in the final result? Well, it can be a little bit tricky to be made to be missed, you know? If you notice that I'm even part of the dish, then something probably went wrong. 
Maybe I got too hot or you used too much of me. It's really a thankless job to go under the radar like I do. So then why do you do it? Well, it's what I can do to help, you know? Not everyone is the pancake. Some people prep the pan. Without people like me, there would be no pancakes for anyone. I have a particular set of skills, and I trust myself enough to know that I'm an important part of the team. And it's true. I make cooks' jobs everywhere easier. There's nothing more heartbreaking than baking a whole recipe just to have it stick to the pan. That's for sure. So you found something you're good at that makes you an important part of our team. Yes, and to me it's so easy and simple. It doesn't always feel important or worth celebrating. But I just so happen to be perfectly designed for exactly this. That's amazing, Slick. Were you always this confident? Oh, not at all. I used to think that because I wasn't really the star, I wasn't as good or as necessary as some of the other ingredients in a dish. But what wasn't helping me was comparing myself to others. Some ingredients are just about the taste. Some are about texture or consistency. I'm special because I'm somewhere between an ingredient and a kitchen tool. Almost no one is perfect on their own. We all have strengths and weaknesses. I agree, Slick. That sounds like a great scoop for today. Absolutely. Not everyone is the pancake. Some people prep the pan. And no one's perfect on their own. Finding and celebrating our strengths will help other people realize that we're all part of a team. Perfect. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to check in on the pancakes. Absolutely. Back to you, Molly. All right. How's it looking, Parker? It's going great. I'm just about to start my fifth and final batch of pancakes. Perfect. It's, it's okay if you're kind of scraping the bowl on these. You may or may not have enough batter for three full pancakes. Actually, Parker, let's let Chad do this final batch for us. Hi. That okay, Chad? No problem. I've got it from here. Really? Oh, uh, hi, Chad. Um, Molly, uh, why's that? Oh, no reason in particular. It's just time for our last segment of the day. Hello, Mystery Recipe Community. We are here today to celebrate the achievements of the one and only Parker. Parker has completed our inaugural year of the Mystery Recipe Internship Program. And let me tell you, I could not be more proud. From your first day on the job, Parker, you have shown a willingness to learn that is honestly really cool. In recognition of your hard work, bravery, and joy this season, I'd like to give you this ATK Kids apron and congratulate you on officially graduating from the Mystery Recipe Internship Program! Way to go, Parker! Ah, I'm overwhelmed! Cotton fibers! I can't believe it! There's a whole stage set up here! Is that my mom? Hi, Mom! Parker! Come get your apron! Speech! 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 Huh, what's that? I think they want a speech! Huh, Parker, you can't let the people down! Cotton fibers. Well, I'm not much for public speaking, but I will say this. Thank you so much to everyone who believed in me this season. From Andrea to Molly to Oliver, and especially you listeners at home, everyone has really shown up and helped catapult me towards my dream of opening a diner. Ah, here we go. I'm losing it. And also, I've come to realize how lucky I am to be surrounded by people who believe in me and believe in my dream. I know now that all you need is one person who believes in you 
and you can do anything. And young chefs listening at home, I bet that person is standing next to you right now, helping you flip pancakes. That's what having a grown-up is all about. It's all about knowing that someone believes in you, no matter what. And my one person is standing next to me up here, too. Parker, it's me. I'm standing next to them. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, Parker. Well, thank you so much, Parker, for all of your help this season. We can't wait to see what you do next. Well, I think the very next thing I'm going to do is eat some pancakes. Yes, listeners, you may or may not be done with your fifth batch of pancakes, but we think it's time to give one a taste either way. Grown-ups, be sure to use your oven mitt and go ahead and grab a pancake or two from your oven stack, give them a moment to cool off, and take a bite. I'm going to blow on mine a bit because they're hot. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. Mm. Mm. Yum! Parker, these came out so good. Mm. You're telling me? Ugh, I am living for this pancake right now. Mm. Cheers, Parker. Let's have a pancake toast. Here's to season two and all of this recipe's fun and fantastical ingredients. Pancake cheers! Pancake, Pancake cheers. cheers! Well, we won't keep you from enjoying this delicious recipe any longer. Feel free to finish up whatever batter you might have left, and remember, when you're done cooking, to turn off your burner and your oven. And thank you for joining us for our second season of Mystery Recipe, and for participating in our season finale cook-along. We want to see how it went. Feel free to have your grown-up send us a picture of your pancakes on Instagram at TestKitchenKids or using hashtag ATKKids. Or you can email them to, what was that again, Mitzi? Mystery recipe at americastestkitchen.com. From everyone here on Team Mystery Recipe, we hope you enjoy your pancakes and keep on cooking. Yahoo! These came out delicious. Really, Parker? Nice job with these. They're perfect. Also, could you please pass the butter? Of course I can. Here you go. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a bottle of Heinz tomato ketchup. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a cupcake. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a salty sweet chocolate chip cookie. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. He's the cherry on top. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a fizzy drink. Our post-production supervisor is Ken Margolis, an artichoke. Our production manager is Diane Knox, who is also broccoli. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a garden-grown green zebra tomato. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a homemade ravioli. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, deputy editor, Kristen Sargianis, Executive Food Editor, Susanna McFerrin. Assistant Editor, Katie O'Hara. Senior Editor, Afton Cyrus. Test Cook, Andrea Vavjin. And Test Cook, Cassandra Loftlin. This episode featured the voices of Adelina Rodriguez, Champ Hollins, and Adriana Colon. Parker was voiced by me, Neo Sihi. Mitzi was voiced by me, Kira O'Sullivan. Our second season wouldn't have been possible without the help of Caroline Rickert, Sarah Joyner, Yorgos Sivernides, Eve Bishop, Ivana Strajan, Kelsey Hopper, Megan Bagala, Sarah Young, Stacey Schutzman, Claire Crowell, Sarah Damaris, Kaya Williams, Anya Jeshik, Meredith Taylor, and Sarah Domville. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger, Driscoll's, and Audemont. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. So, wait. Do I get to meet your mom now? Of course. She's right over here.
Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win.